When your ideal customer's kids are begging every night to read your book, you've won. At Dinosaur House, we turn industry leaders into kids' book authors. We don't do it because it's a super fun thing to do, although it is. We do it because it's highly strategic. Imagine if every night your customers are being asked by their kids to read a book that your company made. Talk about brand affinity. You're helping your customers connect deeply with the most important thing in their lives, their kids, over something that they are passionate about that has to do with your industry. If you want to have a conversation with us about how your brand could become the author of a kid's book, just hit us up, dinosaurhouse.com. Hit the little button that says schedule a story design call. And we'll have a jam session together on just what your company's kids book could and should be. Hey, everyone. This is Rob Dubay. I'm the host of The Purpose Driven Entrepreneur. I'm here with my special guest, Timmy Bauer. Other people know me as the co-CEO of Image One and the author of the book, Do Nothing, the most rewarding leadership challenge you will ever take, and also the host of the podcast, Leading with Genuine Care and Leadership Retreat, the Leading with Genuine Care Leadership Retreat. So I will now pass it on over to Timmy and he'll take it from here. What's up, Purpose Driven Entrepreneurs? It's me, your host, Timmy Bauer, and my guest today is Rob Dubay. Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being a guest. It's uh, humbling and an honor to be with you, Timmy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, Rob, just for listeners that would not have the context on you, um, I like to ask, as bullet pointy as you can give me, what is your company? Uh, what is it that you sell and to whom? And what's, what has your growth been like? Well, this is our 30th year in business. My best friend, Joel Perlman, and I started the company right out of college. We sell what's called managed print services. And this is uh, equipment, which does printing like multifunction printers and copiers. And then we sell contracts that go along with those. And um, as I say, we've been doing that for 30 years. Yeah, I love it. Um, Rob, when you think about, I, 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 one of the questions that I like to ask entrepreneurs that have been, uh, that have had a successful business for a really long time is what is a, a principle of being successful that you believe in that you think a lot of people don't think about? You don't know anything. What do you mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you think you know things and you don't. Um, I think that we're always looking for the system and the process and what what works and talking to people and trying to find the you know the 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 uh, secret sauce and we all have our own secret sauce and it's ever evolving um, you know and business is ever evolving so we must ever evolve and so to me I never have the answer I'm always searching and just when I think I've found it it changes. Why do you think it's so important for leaders of a company or, or early entrepreneurs to think that way? And why do you think most people don't? I think it's ego. I, you know, I, and I think our society is wired in such a way they, that we want certainty. And uh, when it comes to business, you're just not going to get certainty. I know you interview a lot of successful people on your podcast, but 
for every one person that you're interviewing, there's, you know, 10,000 that couldn't make it happen, but we're trying to do the same thing. And so each person kind of has their own path. And usually, as you and I were discussing before uh, we got started here, the path takes us places that are oftentimes unexpected. And uh, as leaders, when we can be open to that, and when we can be open to the possibilities, and when we can be open to the idea that we don't have certainty, and we don't need to have it, it's quite freeing. And it can give us a certain energy that can drive us in a direction of great success and whatever success means to you. Yeah. Um, if I So what's funny is what I do on this podcast constantly is I'm talking to successful uh, leaders of businesses and trying to extract out of them some nugget or framework or thing that I can copy in my own business to be more successful. Um, so I would say that that's sort of the um, uh, like devil's advocate uh, position to what you just said. But why, like, why, why, why do you think it's important for me to adopt a mindset that is essentially saying that I can't just, I can't just adopt these frameworks and have it work? I'm not saying you can't. Oh, you maybe you can. Uh, that's for you to know. You're your own unique person. We're all our own unique people. Um, maybe you'll take one of those nuggets and be super excited about it and find out that it was not the nugget you thought it was. And, you know, <laughs> you'll push it to the side and look for a new nugget, something else shinier. <laughs> yeah. That's all part of the journey. We try things and we learn things. And that's where I'll, where I'll go back to the not knowing. It's quite freeing to not know and be okay with not knowing. And sometimes we hear people who are successful, we get excited about the, the, the ways they did things. We want to emulate that. We want to take something. Oftentimes it's a bias of ours because we like what they said. So we want to integrate that into our uh, leadership style or whatever that we're doing. And we may later find out that that wasn't really something that was authentic to us. And that's all part of the journey. So I encourage the searching and the trying. and. More, most importantly, the awareness uh, that maybe you just don't know. Yeah. When did you really start thinking this way? Um, I would imagine it's not the whole time that you've uh, been an entrepreneur. <laughs> I don't know when to really point it out, but uh, I know that I've had, um, you know, part of my story involves um, learning much more about mindfulness meditation and sharing that with um, you know people who are curious about it and what that all means. And what I've learned from that part of my journey is how to embrace the present moment and not get too caught up in what's happened in the past, but just realize that those that past is a source of wisdom and to not get too caught up and concerned or excited about the future because the future is just a figment of my imagination and I'm not there right now. Where I am right now is with Timmy Bauer and that's all I have at this moment. Yeah. It's, it's odd to talk to somebody that has that, um, that way of thinking 
Because I'm constantly thinking, <laughs> even in this interview, I'm constantly thinking, okay, what's the next question that I'm going to ask that will simultaneously extract a good piece of information out of him while not making him feel like I'm wasting his time? <laughs> well, you're never wasting my time. It's an absolute honor to be asked to be on your podcast. So that's something you can alleviate from your mindset. And as far as, you know, what's the next question, our curiosity drives, you know, everything in life. Another really wonderful quality that leaders have. They're the most curious people that I've ever met. And one distinguishing factor is, uh, are, are those that are curious without judgment. In other words, they're not asking you leading questions that, that work into their own biases, consciously and subconsciously, but they just have a genuine curiosity about the problem or the opportunity or whatever it is. And that's what drives great success because you're just listening so openly. You are an author and help those author children's books. And what's so special about children's books it's that they come from a place that are of great simplicity. You know, we, we take the, you know, 250 to 350 business page business book, you know, with all the information and all the facts and everything. Yet you could read maybe a 30 page or a 20 page children's book and, and you might understand the message the exact same way. In fact, you might understand it better. Yeah. There's something really cool about that. Yeah, that is something I'm extremely passionate about. Because like, I personally, I'm not, um, it's very, it, I told you this before I hit record, it's very hard for me to read a full length book. Mm -hmm. um, I just don't understand why there are so many words. Like, I, I just, <laughs> like, when I Blinkist something, which I didn't realize your book was on Blinkist. But when I Blinkist something, <laughs> I'm like, yes, this is what I wanted. Just give me, just give me the points. <laughs> um, and I feel like kids books, at least when, when the kids book is designed to communicate a theme, it's very similar to that, except it's way more fun. So it's like, all right, what is the theme that we're going to try to convey? Now let's convey that in as fun a way as possible and mm -hmm. as conversation sparking a way as possible. Cause mm -hmm. I think the magic is when you've sparked a conversation between a parent and a kid about the topic. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Um, I wanted to ask you this about curiosity and leadership. Mm -hmm. So you strike me as the type of person, I could be wrong about this, but you strike me as the type of person that has either through just experience or meditation or getting beat up or something, a low amount of ego, or at least the belief that leaders should have reduced egos, not think that they are the person that is the problem solver and can create the solutions for everything, et cetera. And this is something that is constantly coming up within my business. And it could be partially having to do with me, and it could be partially having to do with the nature of year one of a business where you have a small team and everybody's wearing 20 hats. But I feel like I'm constantly the one that has to solve the problems in the business. Mm -hmm. And there are two things that are going on. One, most of the people that are on this team are looking at me that way and don't really want to have to solve problems themselves. 
And that could be a wrong assumption that I have, but it's a feeling that I get. The other problem for me is that I, part of the reason I'm an entrepreneur in the first place is because I have a Swiss army knife set of abilities. Like, and I think this is pretty typical for people that start companies is like on the beginning, it's just you and whoever you can barely afford to hire. So you're really relying on your multiple skill set. Somewhere in there is a question, but uh, I feel free to react to some of the things that I'm saying. Sure. Well, there is a lot in there and we'd need more time to uncover it all. But, you know, I think that I have a saying and it's pretty simple, I think. And it goes like this. You're the problem. <laughs> I always say that to myself. So when I notice that people are coming to me for all the answers and I'm giving all the answers, I'm the problem. Because what I've done is surrounded myself with people who need answers from me. And then the next thing I can ask myself is, why did I do that now that I noticed it? Why am I surrounding myself with people who can't get the answers? Or what am I doing that doesn't allow them to get the answers? Is it easier for me to just give them the answer? Or do I enjoy giving them the answer? Like in some sort of way, does it feed my ego to be wanted? We all have a different answer to those questions, but those are questions that we can ask ourselves, again, with that genuine curiosity and without judgment, <laughs> okay? Because yeah. we are who we are and we can just grow from recognizing that. So having people around us that fuel us, give us energy is important. And having people that are empowered through you, if you're the leader of the organization, to go get that answer. And maybe the most wonderful gift that you can provide is a simple set of questions that help them uncover what the answer is, what the answer is because I've found they usually have the answer. And once you ask, you know, a half a dozen questions, they'll pause and shake their head and say, I think I know what I need to do. Yeah. And they'll walk away and go do what they need to do. And that's a, a, a that's a fulfilling day if you're a leader. Yeah. How do you respond to people when they come to you to help them solve a problem? And they, you're trying to encourage them to come up with solutions to the problem. And they just downright tell you that they don't like to be the one to solve the problem. You're the problem. <laughs> In other words, you have somebody on your team who needs to solve a problem, but they don't like doing that. And so you have a potential issue. And that's an important thing when you're growing your team is is do they get it, do they want it, and do they have the capacity to do it? Get it means they understand your culture and they love it and they live it and it, it, it isn't contrived. Uh, do they want it means they want the role, they're excited to have it, it's important to them. And then lastly, do they have the capacity to do it? In other words, do they have the skill set to excel at the role. And if they don't check all three boxes, then you're the problem. 
Hmm. And if they don't check all three boxes and I'm the problem, what's the next thing I have to do? <laughs> I would ask you that question. What is yeah. the next thing you need to do? Yeah. I think that's, I think that a lot of times I'm trying to do so many things with my company and I'm, tr I'm trying to make my company do all the things that I know it needs to do. And what I'm finding is, I think, is that I'm stretching, I'm really stretching the actual capacity of like, what, what is this team? What is this team's current set of skills at th that we, that we can afford at Dinosaur House? Mm -hmm. um, that's probably part of it. Mm -hmm. Well, I heard a lot of I and me in your statement. And what about, I did hear a we at the end. Maybe we can determine what the solution is because we is a lot stronger than I and we yeah. is a lot stronger than me. Yeah, we call sure. it collective intelligence. Here's the problem. How can we solve it? Your job as the leader is to facilitate and ask questions to get the conversation going and then create a container that's safe where people can say what they need to say and what they want to say without, ju without being judged and without fear of retribution. Yeah. I'm going to ask you one more devil's advocate question. <laughs> what it. happens? What happens when you're in a conversation like that and the the another person in the conversation is saying, "Well, I don't have the skills to do XYZ and you do." <laughs> well, what do you think? What do you think? So, so the best, some of the best mentorship that I've gotten is always pushing me in the direction of doing less as a leader and empowering my team to do more. Mm -hmm. And I always struggle with the feeling with a couple of things. One that really looks like laziness, at least to me, it does. Mm -hmm. um, and oftentimes it feels like it looks like uh, I'm, I'm just not doing things that I know that I'm strong at doing because the right answer is for me to empower the team to do them. Okay. Go a little bit deeper on that then, because you're, you're recognizing you, you had some very important words in there. Words that I heard were uh, in the first statement, lazy. Yes. That's something to dig into a little and think about do people think you're lazy why is why are you concerned if somebody thinks you're lazy are you lazy these are questions to ask yourself yeah i don't know the answers to those questions actually yeah, they're, they're I, worth I, reflecting I on yeah i genuinely don't think that i'm lazy but i didn't think ironically, you did yeah, ironically, I wish I were more quote unquote lazy because it would free me up to focus on things that I'd rather be focusing on. Well, what happens if this person or people start thinking Timmy's lazy? What happens? Conflict in my marriage. Ah. 
conflict in your marriage. Okay. <laughs> Wait, yeah. are we talking about team members or marriages? Because that's yeah. that's another story. <laughs> yeah, it's a little of both. Are you guys work together? Yeah. So I work with, I currently, my, my wife has just been picking up more and more hats in the business. Yeah. yeah. So added complexity without question, yep. you know, not nothing that's over, not nothing that is not overcomable, but the interesting thing that you all can start thinking about um, becoming more aware of is in these early stages of this wonderful business that you got going is what are the right roles for us and how will we work best with each other so one doesn't feel one's lazy and the other doesn't feel that the other is whatever yeah because that isn't healthy and we know that and we know you're not lazy yeah we yeah. know that we know you're not lazy you've written a book you went out there you hustled covid hit you started a book company you did some books, you got three, you know, however many deals you got going on right now. I mean, you're making something of what was nothing in a short yeah. period of time. You ain't lazy. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, much we know. I appreciate you saying that. Um, well, Rob, switching gears because we could easily run out of time just going so <laughs> introspective on me. I started this podcast because I wanted to ask successful entrepreneurs about the question, how did they... How do they think about their purpose? Mm -hmm. So it, when you think about a question like either what do you want to be remembered for or what do you feel that you're really living your life for? What mm -hmm. jumps out to you? This moment. This is my moment and it's my only moment at this moment. And I am fully with Timmy Bauer at this moment. I'm not with anybody else and I can't be because I'm here with you. And that's all that matters to me right now. I think purpose is wonderful. Uh, one thing I always like to comment on and have those who hear what I have to say about it, um, just have them consider. I think purpose has become a very uh, stressful thing for people. Purpose became a big talking point. You must find your purpose. You must find your purpose, everyone. Find your purpose. What's your purpose? I don't know. And I might not know for a while. And when I do, I may not even realize it until one day I realize it. But while I'm spending so much time trying to have the exact answer for what my purpose is, I'm creating this stress and anxiety and trying to find it. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so what I like to say is take some pressure off. I feel passionately about providing genuine care to everyone, every day, every time. That feels like purposeful to me. Is it my purpose? It's the purpose we created for a company. Is it our purpose? It definitely is part of our purpose. It's part of what we do. It's part of what gets us up in the morning. And it's part of how we show up as it is with me. But times change and people change. Things evolve. And so what is today may be different tomorrow. And so for those that are trying to find their purpose, just be aware, but know 
that you can be free of having to have the perfect answer at this moment. Because once you set it free, it'll come, it'll appear. You just have to pay attention. That's good. <laughs> and it, and it, it almost clashes with the whole reason behind this podcast. I started this podcast in a big part because uh, I knew, well, I started the, the angle of asking people what their, what they feel their purpose was in big part was self-exploration. Like, how do I think about purpose? Mm. And I ended up finding what internally feels absolutely right as far as mm. my purpose goes. Um, but uh, yeah, when I first started, I just told people, this is my favorite thing to do. That's my purpose is to do my That's favorite so thing. wonderful. You know, one thing I always like to share, and it, it may oversimplify purpose, but really what's all of our purpose for being together on this earth, 7 billion human beings? Well, what if we just showed up for each other each and every day and understood our own humanity and believed in each other and treated each other the way we believe we should be treating each other. What would that be like? Maybe it's not grandiose for enough people, but what would it be like if we stopped caring so much about my purpose and started caring about how I show up in this world in the small ways? like how we treat people in line at, at the, at the you know, grocery store when things are going slow and we're in a rush. You know, those little things that we all know yeah. about. It's yeah. how we show up for each other. And that's, yeah. our, that's truly all of our purposes. Now, if you can find something additional to that, like making a difference by turning business ideas into children's books, you're making a difference in the world in that way as well. And that is awesome. Yeah. But first and foremost, let's show up for each other because we need each other. We need each other. I love it. I have two profound questions for you, Rob, before I let you go. The first one is as a kid's book author, uh, I believe that uh, part of communicating means also reaching kids. What's an idea that you would make into a kid's book if you could? Well, I, I, I think there's, I think my ideas would be taken. <laughs> you know, I'm drawn to the simplicity of life skills at an early age that teach kids the idea that we are one. Yeah. Yeah. So a simple message and kids, as you know, from your work, you know, kids are sponges. And so the more we can share that we are one, um, the more we have great, great hope to build on the wonderful world that we already have. Yeah, I agree. Something that I've been thinking about though is things like that are so heavily communicated to kids when they're young, but still something happens as they get older. Like yeah. when we think about Mr. Rogers and just any pick mm. any great uh, media that's designed for kids, they yeah. teach these messages and yet yeah. something happens, something changes when we get older. And so that's something I've been thinking about a lot is, is there a way to address that as a kid's book author where I'm not just 
trying to get a seven-year-old thinking about this. I'm trying to get a seven-year-old thinking about this and have it change the trajectory of their life. <laughs> you got it. You got it. You know, I don't have the answers to that, but it would be beautiful to find one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, my last for fun question for you, Rob, is what is something that you currently suck at that you would like to suck less at? <laughs> everything. <laughs> I'm marginal at everything at best, and it would be fun to be better at other things. Anything um, in particular that you're like, man, I really wish I could get better at this? Uh, it's a good question. It's a good question. Um, oh boy, you're going you're gonna to stump me on this one. Good job. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes I wish I could keep up with my kids with certain technology and stuff. Okay. Um, but then in kids? this- my kids are 26 and 22. Oh, so, gotcha. you know, they're just fast with stuff and, and, yeah, and you know, yeah. I'll ask them questions and, and I feel like an old person because they have no patience with me. So, you know, may, maybe something like that. I'm always curious about the different social media things that have come out and, you know, just learning about them and understanding them better. So that might be an answer. <laughs> a lame it. one, but. Rob, this has been a really, honestly, a really great, this is one of the interviews that I'm going to go away and have a conversation with my wife and be like, okay, this is the stuff I'm thinking about. This is what I just, this is what I just heard. Um, so I really appreciate it. Uh, where are you most active on social? Where would you want listeners to connect with you? Yeah, you can find me at donothingbook.com and all the social stuff is there. You can click on all the, the links to the social and, and, um, always, paying attention to the messages. I'll hundred percent respond and uh, happy to hear from people. So awesome. Thank you so much for Thank being you, on. Thank you, Timmy. I'm so grateful to you for your time. Same.